So I found a new way to use words through poetry. And I actually used my words through poetry in a text message to a guy. Oh. That I, you know, decided to kind of sever ties with. So you use poetry to break up with someone? Well, I mean, you know, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's quite a setup. Let's hear your poem. I'm curious. Okay. Slipping away. I can feel you slipping away. The nuance so clear. A shift in one moment. The imminent ending near. Touch firm to flimsy, time flexible to finite, words clear to ambiguous, a requited desire suddenly, distantly unrequited, and yet we just met. No real time to figure it out yet. Slipping away because of your thoughts of the past, slipping away because of your projections of the future, an intense willingness to prevent, to negate the present, this moment because of stories in which I was an unknown character. Perhaps the true irony is that you are not slipping away. I am being removed, protected, redirected from someone, something, or circumstances that are not meant for me. I am slipping away. Ooh, okay, okay. I was like, boom. Angelou. (laughs) Maya Shea Angelou. Okay, that's a new way to break up with somebody. Okay, through poetry. (laughs) Floetry. Right, floetry. Okay, girl, you hashtag did that. Thank you. And then what he say? Oh, he wrote me some shit. (laughs) But he got the hint. Yeah, that was was pretty direct. All I'm saying is words are powerful. Yes. I'm sure he probably sat back and like, wait a minute. He was caught up in the words, and they had to sink in. Just read it a couple times. Mm, he did. <laughs> well, we weren't even together, but you know. But language. It just felt good to write. You didn't have to say it explicitly. Yeah. I'm breaking up with you. Yeah. You were just like, like a moth to a flame. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> From WBEZ Chicago, this is When Magic Happens. I'm Jennifer Shay Love Long, here with Taylor Coward and Cheryl Jackson. And you better watch your mouth, because today we are talking about language, words, and how they're used and what they mean. Later, we hear from Beverly Mahone. You may know her as Auntie Bev. She's a vocabulary queen, former journalist, current author, and TikTok star. She creates daily videos focused on vocabulary building and grammar that she shares with over 420,000 TikTok followers. Hi, Auntie Bev here with another word to help you build your vocabulary. Pusillanimous. Castigate. Supercilious. Scurrilous. Injudicious. You will not want to miss our exchange of words. All that and more coming up. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I love language. I love words. I love how words are pulled together and sort of orchestrated. 
And since I was a child, I've always enjoyed reading books and picking up new words. My mom, if I wasn't familiar with the word, she would make us go to the dictionary and look up the word, mm-hmm. right? And just mm-hmm. sort of see um, what the meaning of the word was. And I also participated in speech and debate. Like, I just loved, I love words. I just really love them. You know, them. I, I can tell when you speak, when you talk, there's like melody in your voice. And, and when you say words and how you land on them and the cadence. Um, my sister's a lot like you, and she got her degree in journalism as well. Mm. And she just loves words. And it was there from the get-go, from the start. So I can tell that you love words just by listening to you speak, which I love listening to your voice. Thank uh, you. When you're on the radio, on this show, and your other lives. What about you? Like, I, like, do you? What's your relationship with words? I love books. I was growing up; that was our jam. You know, in the summer, as a little girl, young girls, we would go to the library, check out the books, and half the time wouldn't return them. But we'd crawl up in our beds. We had a routine. In the morning, we'd wake up, and we'd be in bed reading our books until our soap opera would come on. As the world turns, okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Your stories. Our stories, okay. <laughs> and then <laughs> we watch our stories to three o'clock. And then three o'clock, you know, because as the world turned, the guide light, the guide light would, would be over. We'd jump back in our beds and curl up and read our books until it was time to go out and play in the evening. Mm. And that's what we did. That was the routine. And we just would check out a stack of books and and work our way through. Wow. I love that. I love that. Yeah. What about you, Taylor? Well, my bachelor's is in English, so I read a lot for school. I read a lot growing up. I'd watch Wheel of Fortune every night with my Aunt Sherry. (laughs) (laughs) I really like um, turns of phrase. Yeah, can I buy a vowel? (laughs) R-S-T-L-N-E at the end. I I was like, why did they pick those words, (laughs) those letters for the, you know, the the big game puzzle at the end? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, And they give you R-S-T-L-N-E. I'm like, who picked those? Okay, anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I... I don't know. I like fun turns of phrase. I like poems, mm-hmm. as we as we heard a musical selection earlier from Jennifer. Uh, limericks are fun. <laughs> uh, haikus. Haikus. Mm, haikus. Right. Um, so I, what I loved about getting my bachelor's in English was that we had to do it all. Like we read short stories, mm-hmm. poetry. We practiced a lot of writing skills. Um, I do like writing, you know, spelling is very fun. I used to carry like a thesaurus. Did you? Yeah. My mom got me an English dictionary, a Spanish English dictionary, and a thesaurus. It came in like a three pack and they're like small backpack size. Mm-hmm. And she got me them on like the first day of school and I would just have them on me. Rarely cracked them open, but mm-hmm. I just needed that on me in case I needed to get a real good hard-hitting, concise word to throw at somebody. <laughs> I'm like, I know I got my thesaurus in my backpack. <laughs> so Did what's you your favorite word? Oh, there's so many words. Maybe there are need, so many maybe words. Maybe I need inspiration. What's your I favorite? got one. Yeah, what's your favorite word? Replaceable. <laughs> oh. Replaceable as in who you were writing <laughs> no, the poem <laughs> to. <laughs> no, okay. Lately, I've been liking this word dispirited. Dispiriting, mm. you know, I just like the What's way that the rolls. Yeah. I like it. I like the way it rolls off the tongue. 
I have an active, most people do, have an active vocabulary. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, everybody has an active and a passive vocabulary. And I didn't know lately, last maybe a couple, several years, maybe more than that, but mm-hmm. my passive vocabulary is where all the SAT, the $5, $10 words are, right. you know. <laughs> And it's been active, much more active in my foreground. And I didn't realize that when um, the young woman who works for one of the young women who worked for me one day, she's like, you know what? She's like, when you're talking, we're in meetings, you constantly have me Googling Mm. what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't even realize it. But yeah, that that passive vocabulary, those SAT words. I had a phase where Dictionary.com will send you a word of the day if you have the app. And I would send my group chat a word every day. Yes. And they'd be like, I'm going to try to use this today. What I love and find exciting about language is that there can be a word that can sum up a whole sentence. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very powerful to be concise in your speaking. I had to read a book in school called How to Write Short. Uh, Ernest Hemingway is a good author who really wrote short. And so reading from authors that can just really cover a point quickly Mm -hmm. um, is impactful, especially in like professional email writing. You know, sometimes it's it's good to be beautiful. But Zora Neale Hurston, that sentence is going to take the whole page. (laughs) That's for a different purpose. That's to, you know, be flowery and beautiful. And I've been told by professors that my writing is too flowery. Like, Mm. you talk a lot, you're writing a lot. This idea can be shortened. And so that's something I'm always conscious of. And so words and knowing a lot of words and being active in the words you choose is a perfect way to be concise because you can sum things right up. You know, I have an author. Mm -hmm. His name's Huno Diaz. Mm -hmm. And he wrote this book, The Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wilde. Mm. And... I remember I literally I wrote him a letter. It was just an email because I was at maybe the last 10 pages of the book. Mm-hmm. And he it was like he pulled words I've never heard. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I had my dictionary next to me and it was just the way he he placed them, mm-hmm. you know, just this gift. Like for me, when you say, hey, maybe I'm I'm too I'm too verbose with my words. Mm-hmm. I use too many words. I actually think it's really beautiful, you know, because it's like, how is this person kind of stringing these words together? But one thing I found with him was just I was just in love with his writing because it was like it was it was pushing me to a different level with the use of words Mm -hmm. and how he was kind of able to create this. It was like a song, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and I didn't want it to end. I told him to I sent him a note. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, but yo. those are the best words. They are. Like, you know what this reminds me of? Mm-hmm. In Living Color. Yeah. One of the Wayne brothers that would, had the character where he would use <laughs> all did. the big words that made no sense together. I myself have immunopatized my uh, liquidation, therefore, ergo, i.e., that is the instigation, which is excessive cleavage, shall we say. <laughs> Okay, the proliferation <laughs> and the pontification of the proliferation situation is, you know, it oh was the most gosh. hilarious. Yes, it was. Yes. So, you know, you got to be careful about how you use your big words, okay? <laughs> they got to make it make it make sense. Make it okay. make sense. But make it make sense. I'm glad that poetry was brought up from the jump because I feel like that's when you see the most beautiful way that language can be used. Mm -hmm. Like what happens to a dream deferred to say that it can get crusty 
Does it crust over? Does it shrivel up like a raisin in the sun? You should be like, whoo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just beautiful. Toni Morrison is another one of those writers right. that I'm just physically affected by her words. But it's because she's concise with them. She's very intentional with them. Mm-hmm. And so that that's when it's most effective. And so even our, our hometown Maya Angelou, Jennifer, <laughs> <laughs> with your words, they were beautiful. So our producers have created for us a When Magic Happens spelling bee. And I am your host, Jennifer Shaylov Long. So, <laughs> ladies, the first word is cacophony. Oh, oh Lord. my gosh. Okay, pass. Womp womp. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a clue. Should we try? Let's try. Yes. Okay. Look at her. She's writing it down. I was would you like, the would you like okay. the Latin root? I'm like, part of speech, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to just. Okay. You go first. All right. I'm a horrible speller. Who I got that from my dad. Word? It was it, it, it's in my DNA to be a poor speller. Um, okay, cacophony. C A U. Oh, already? <laughs> Damn. I knew that you. Okay, Does it start what's with C A. Oh, should I let you finish? Yeah, let her oh, keep okay. going so I know what's wrong. <laughs> oh, you, already, right? you already know. I'm already starting know. with a C-O. <laughs> is that wrong? Should I not even keep going? All right. We're going to go to a new what's word. This, is it, what is it? Spell it for us. C-A-C-O-P-H-O-N-Y. I, 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 had, had, the it. Ba- I had the end right. I okay. had the U was wrong. Okay. okay. We were close, Cheryl. We were okay. Close. Okay. Next word. Mm-hmm. Presbyterian. Oh, I, that's a lot of he helped us you with that one, right? right? <laughs> Church lady, need to get this one right. That's hard. Um, what you? What's the word again? Presbyterian. Can we use it in a sentence? Sure. I attend a Presbyterian church. I feel like I'm missing a letter. P R E S B Y T E R I A N. Presbyterian. That is correct. Boom. Oh, I would have got that wrong. <laughs> Next word. Gubernatorial. I got that one. Um, no, I don't. Hold on. Would uh, you like me to use it in a sentence? Yes. Use it in a sentence. J.B. Pritzker was a recent gubernatorial <laughs> candidate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, oh, this is embarrassing. I'm, my reputation is going to when hell in a basket on this one. Okay, gubernatorial. Um, G. Mm-hmm. Hello. Okay. okay. Yep. Uh, G-U-E. Goob. Oh, goob. Goob. B e r n a t o r i a l. That is it. correct. <laughs> that is accurate. Seems how I used to work for a former governor. Right. I, I messed that one up. You were a gubernatorial employee. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was a gubernatorial <laughs> press secretary. Okay. Uh, that's funny. Okay, the next word is rue. Like the soup? Or Use it in um, a sentence, please. The base of gumbo or you will rue the day. Yeah. The, yeah. Base, the base of gumbo. Of gumbo. Okay. I'm ready. Yep. R-O-U-X. Yes, that is correct. Oh, I was going to say but R-U-E. I think, think rue, like you will rue the day is different. I thought it was, what's, I know R-U-E is a word. That's rue. You're like, you're going to regret doing that. You <laughs> ate on gubernatorial though. <laughs> That's right. That was good. <laughs> 
The final word is venereal. <laughs> Just kidding. Did you as add in, that? As in disease? She's okay. <laughs> Just kidding. It says venerable. All right. All right. I think I got this one. Vegetable. (laughs) It seems easy, but now I'm scared that it's not. Let me try it. V-E-N-E-R-A-B-L-E. That is correct. Yes. Yes. The Venerable Chicago Urban League. That's how I knew it. Is Is Venerable good? Yes. Okay. Prestigious. Distinguished. (laughs) There you go. The source. Yes. Boom. I love it when people get folks towed with these beautiful words. Oh, me too. Uh, That is the best. It is amazing. It's fabulous. It's fabulous. And, you know, they're not cussing you out. Mm Mm-mm. They're not, you know, Mm-mm. you ugly, you know, <laughs> you stupid. it's none of that. Okay. They're, you know, they're using these, you know, big words, like, but not just big words. So just using very well-placed, smart words. Mm. You know, you just said something that made me think about how rap is so effective. People that can just put some mm-hmm. stuff together. Like mm. Meg- Megan Thee Stallion does that for me. Megan the Stallion is so fierce with her pen, like the things that she comes up with. She really is. And that also is a love and a beauty of words right. and vocabulary, <laughs> rap right. music. Have you guys ever had to use words to defend yourself? Yes. Many a time. Mm-hmm. Um, 24-7. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All the time. I will, uh, as I said you, <laughs> into the ground. As I said you. As I've mentioned previously... As I've said to you before, right. if we can refer back to <laughs> into the ground. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you you you've been told what you sure do. What's mm-hmm. a word that's like in your arsenal when you need to get somebody told? Boo. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when magic happens. <laughs> Boo. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to break it down. Okay. Do you have one, Jennifer? Okay. One of my favorite words, it really is, it is abundance. Mm-hmm. I love that word. Mm. It just, it, it makes me smile. And then for some reason, I like the word, even though we were joking about the living color, but I do like the word proliferate. <laughs> I know. There's just something, Definition, you know, very please. like powerful. <laughs> it means to proliferate. I like the word concomitantly. One Ooh, more time. Say yes. that again. Concompetently. It's Con-competently. like. Concompetently. Concompetently. So it's like when something's happening at this, all at the same time. Mm. Like um, concurrently? Like concurrently, but more but you know, of a tongue twister. Gotcha. So Taylor, Cheryl talked a little bit about how someone can, you know, share a message with you that's very powerful without having to go low, they go high, right? right? Michelle so, Obama. Exactly. So tell me, why why do you think it's important to have an expansive vocabulary? Because it's like you can get your point across without a lot of humming and hawing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I was raised not to say, huh? Or I, I still 
my mom doesn't let me say mm-hmm or uh-uh. Because mm-hmm. she's like, which one was it? <laughs> <laughs> is that a yes or a no? Um, because it is important to just get your words across. And even if you have to take a pause and just and really think, what's the word that's really describing how I'm feeling? That is one of the worst feelings personally for me. When there is a word that I can't think of to describe a feeling, especially. Yes. And I'm like, what am I thinking right now? Yeah. And then when someone can swoop in and give you that word, yeah. that is so helpful. And as you build your vocabulary, you'll have those already on deck to be like, I am feeling blank today Mm -hmm. you know what or like rather than be like I'm fed up you know what I mean you could just be like I'm at my wits end that's what I meant when I like turns of phrases I will throw a turn of phrase at you real quick if you just have those in your arsenal you're quick to get back at people if you need to well you know the the bible says there is (laughs) the bible says there is power um there's life and death in your in your words, yes. Amen. Your words. Well. So in the, the Bible says <laughs> that the, the power of words to create or destroy, mm-hmm. that's yes. powerful. That is mm-hmm. powerful. And the ability to create your reality mm-hmm. and shape your reality with words. You I know, believe if, in if, that. Yeah. If I we believe really believe in that, in that we all that. would be up in that dictionary, okay? Yeah. The the thesaurus, um, trying to understand language. Yes. That we create our realities every single moment with our words. Coming up, words, words, and more words with Auntie Bev. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Y'all, back in the day, I was on the debate and speech team, and I have been about words ever since. Having a strong command of language can set you up for major success, but I'm also aware that certain words and their connotations can apply differently, especially if you're black. So I wanted to hear from the vocabulary queen herself, Ms. Beverly Mahone, to get her take on the importance of language. My favorite words are equanimity, which means being Mm -hmm. peaceful. You know, when you're in difficult situations, you practice equanimity, and that's just bringing peace to your spirit. And the other word, and I, I, this is like my mantra, is indomitable. Mm. Having that never give up spirit, that never give up attitude, no matter what you're facing, you just have to believe that you will overcome it. So those are the two words I really live by and I practice as best as I can, because, you know, there are some days when Ooh, there is no equanimity to be found. <laughs> this is true. So I got to dig deep. But you're indomitable. But I'm indomitable. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. So I'm curious, when did your love affair uh, with words begin? Oh, my. <laughs> it goes all the way back to really grade school. When I was in the second grade, uh, we had these reading groups and the top group was the bluebirds. And I, at the time, was in the redbirds. 
and I had to get up to the Bluebirds. Mm -hmm. And we had to prove that we belonged in the top reading group by the books we read and the words in those books. And for some reason, I just couldn't get there. I was trying. I just couldn't get there. So one day I went to the library, which was like next door to the school. And I got a fourth grade book, brought it back to school, went to my teacher's desk, Mrs. Malone, and I started reading that book because I wanted her to know that I know how to read. I need to be in the best reading group. And I got into it. And then since then... I have just been fascinated with words. And as I grew older, I started to come across words I didn't know. So I would Mm. write them down, look them up, write the definition down. And over, gee, 50 years now, I probably have about 20 journals of words. Wow. When I knew I had a gift to articulate was when I was in high school. I mm. didn't I thought I I had something but I didn't really know. Um I had I took a speech class and um Mr. Brunner was the uh speech coach and the speech teacher. And I gave a speech in class and he pulled me aside and he said, "You know, I think you should join the speech team." And he said, "I think you've got something." And I didn't really want to do it and I decided to join. And I had a very very successful run as a a speech contestant in Ohio. So being able to speak and and word choices, because I had to write my own speeches. Yes. So I had to find those words, you know? Yes. So tell me a little bit about how you sort of came to do what you're doing now and sharing words with the world, quite honestly. What what sort of inspired you? So in 2020, when COVID hit, I lost my job. So I had to figure out a way to make some income. I didn't want to rely solely on my husband. And I put a message out on Facebook in one of my little community groups saying that I would tutor, you know, anybody whose child needed tutoring in English. And someone did, in fact, reach out to me. So one Saturday, the Saturday before Mother's Day, I was sitting right where I'm sitting right now. And I was working on his lesson for the coming week. And I was putting some vocabulary words together. My grandson was over and I just said to him, you know, because he was big on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I said to him, I said, you know, do you think I should do something like this on TikTok? Thinking he's going to say, no, grandma, you too old. I don't think so. And he surprised me and said, yes. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, 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 no. Grandma's not doing that. He said, no, grandma. He said, there are a lot of young people who don't know the words. And he said, and you give them the words and you're funny too? He said, yeah. He said, I think they would love it. (laughs) And that's how it began. And then the very first word I put out there was cognizant. One of the things that sort of inspired me to talk to you is I was actually, um, and, and have been in multiple environments where my children are described one way and perhaps, you know, someone that maybe maybe they're white are described another way, you know. So my daughter, maybe she's described as sassy versus her friend who might be described as tenacious or, you know, gritty or just just a different descriptor. What do you think about how words are used to describe, 
you know, black people or just in general, how they are actually used? That's a great question. And I'm going to say it this way. If someone calls me sassy, yes, I am. I am not offended (laughs) by that word. I am sassy, but I'm also classy. So if Mm -hmm. you call your daughter sassy, but the other young lady, or well, let's use these two words because these two words I hear all the time. Oh, you're so aggressive. Mm-hmm. Why can't yes. I be assertive? Why do I right. have to be aggressive? Why sure. can't I just be that assertive black woman who takes the bull by the horns and just won't let up? So I, I right. think that words, depending on who is using them and in what context sure. they are using them, is the definition or gives the appearance of something that may or may not be true. How do you sort of reconcile with words that have problematic origins in history? When I first joined TikTok, Black History Month was coming up. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing some research because I wanted to use words that would be relevant to the time and also to educate. So when I came up with the word picnic and I did some research and I found that it had uh, a root in slavery, Jim Crow era, where whites would use social gatherings and hang a black person. So picnic, while it is a French word, and I want everybody to be clear, it is a French word, okay? The French didn't call make it a lynching word. It is a French word, picnic, and it is a social gathering. However, the word became twisted when whites started using those social gatherings as negative. So, yeah, so it was a picnic. And, and I, I wanted, you know, people to understand that, you know, you say you're going on a picnic. You're going on a picnic with your white friends. Oh, I don't know if you should. You don't should go. Do that. <laughs> but even a lot of them did not know it. A lot of them pushed back saying, oh, no, you got it wrong. And nope. but all I tell them to do, do your own research. Don't just take my word for it. Do your research. The other thing, auntie, I've had to do a video about this. Auntie has a negative connotation because the enslaved women who worked inside the home, who were close to the children, the children referred to them as auntie. Now, I had a, several young people challenge me and say, well, why are you calling yourself Auntie Bev? Because Auntie, you know, goes back to slavery, and I understand that. Mm-hmm. However, in the Black community, we have embraced that word as a term of endearment. Mm-hmm. And looking at an elder who, you know, is everybody's auntie, right? <laughs> Just everybody's yeah. auntie. So, once again, going back to depending on who's saying it, Sure. Is going to determine how it's received. What about your own personal experience? Were you, you know, ever sort of discounted because you were very articulate and knew these words? Or Once I knew that I had a good vocabulary, a strong vocabulary, I kind of was arrogant about it. Mm. I wanted people to know that I knew the words. So you can't, you can't come at me like you are all that. Because I'll match you word for word. So what motivates you? What motivates you to protect the English language in this way? Because language is becoming such a lost art. Mm-hmm. My whole idea was to 
build a community through the social media platform because I wanted everyone to feel welcome and I wanted to build a camaraderie where we could exchange our own thoughts, we could share our own words that we you know, know that somebody else might know and we could just feel like when you come to Auntie Bev's page, you are welcome and you got a lot of people around you who really like you. We are all family. That's so wonderful. Well, you are a pleasure. I wish I could talk to you all afternoon. I really have enjoyed this conversation and so grateful that you could spend a little bit of time with us sharing your story. And I just, I wish you continued success. Thank you, Jennifer. You are an excellent host. You are an excellent interviewer. Thank you. Shout out to Auntie Beth. Auntie Beth. Auntie Beth. That was a great interview. Yeah, it was. It really was interesting. Um, So many gems. Love the fact that she talked about language becoming a lost art. Mm -hmm. This is such a texting generation Mm -hmm. era that we're in. And people don't even use punctuation in text messages. Matter of fact, you're laughed at (laughs) if you use punctuation or complete sentences And you can just see erosion of language as we were taught. It has helped with my typing skills. What has? Texting? Yeah. Okay. I know where everything is on the keyboard. Your thumbs are flying. But just like the art of being able to say, no, I'm not aggressive, I'm assertive. Right. Because you know the difference between the two words. And you know how one of those words is weaponized against black women. She was like, do your research. She wants people to know the etymology of the words that they're using. I did not know picnic was French. She was like, picnic. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, because <laughs> I had no idea. Right. And she does that for thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, why did people not know the word cognizant? I know. My niece, when she was three or four, mm-hmm. I walked into the room, bedroom, and she was in the mirror. She perched herself on top of the dresser. and She was in the mirror practicing all the words that she knew. Oh, mm-hmm. It was really sweet, but that's more of that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's part of that's being lost in this iPhone generation, you know? But without the phones, we wouldn't know Auntie Bev. Like, we wouldn't be able to get that experience and get that education from her Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of one of those dual-edged swords types Mm -hmm. of situations Mm -hmm. but I don't know I also think spell check on phones is a quick way to just like oh okay this little red line is telling me I spelled something wrong and you can quickly correct it language is a lost art and knowing the meaning behind a word those were like my biggest takeaways you can um, get Grammarly and all of that now so Sometimes I'm just pushing back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you on have it miss, on your text? Miss t- TikTok. Yes, I have Grammarly. I have that keyboard installed. Yes, it's essential. It, it's essential. Mm-hmm. But the over-reliance on it to someone, you know, a, a software or technology to automate, mm-hmm. it makes you a little lazy about learning it for yourself. I think it teaches you. We have a difference of opinion. We have a difference of generational opinion here. Three Um, women. (laughs) Three different perspectives. (laughs) Jennifer, what did you think? That was such a great interview you did. Thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking to her. She, you know, obviously has a very um, strong passion for the English language and just 
you know, she infused a, a for even for me like a n- fresh new excitement about words and mm-hmm. the words that she shares. So like now, you know, pretty much every day I'm going to her page to yeah. see what's the word of the day, right. you know. It was just very insightful to hear what pushed her to really love words mm-hmm. and what it was about words that she grew to love. So, so yeah, I I thought she was wonderful. And that's a wrap for our language episode. If you liked what you heard, subscribe, rate us on Apple Podcasts, and tune in every Friday for your dose of When Magic Happens. And follow us on Instagram at When Magic Happens Podcast. Don't miss out on the latest and greatest from your When Magic Happens family. Subscribe to our newsletter, The Perfect Companion to This Podcast, at wbz.org backslash newsletters. Special thanks to our guest, Beverly Mahone. You can find her on TikTok at Bev Speaks and Instagram at Beverly Mahone. You can find me, Jennifer Shay Lovelong, on Instagram at Being Shay Love. You can find me, Taylor Coward, on Instagram at Taylor Coward Online. And you can find me, Cheryl Jackson, on socials at Cheryl Jackson. That's Cheryl with an E. And we want to hear from you, our magical listeners. Our email address is magic at wbez.org. Send us anything. We want to hear from you. When Magic Happens is a production of WBEZ Chicago and part of the NPR Podcast Network. Our truly magical producer is Brianna Garrett. Elizabeth Cambridge is our associate producer. Brendan Banaszak is our executive producer. Tracy Brown is chief content officer. Production assistance by Justin Bull. Engineering by Deshaun Smith. See y'all next week. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.